2: Miami Dolphins are three and oh, Alex Dono alongside former Miami Dolphin, Troy Stratford here on the extra yard. Uh, You know, Troy, me of little faith, because I was thinking late in the week, like, man, we've had such happy extra yards after the first two games. Buffalo's coming down. They're the juggernaut yeah. of the AFC. They're the Super Bowl favorites. I started to get a little glimmer of hope when, you know, we found out how many, Uh, of their defensive backs were banged up, but I don't think I gave our dolphins enough credit. That was a spectacular victory, Troy. So even though I'm still recovering from whatever that was that my canes tried to do on Saturday, but my dolphins on Sunday, they did their best to make up for that. So I'm doing great. How are you?
3: I am doing great. I think you just made an error in your comment. You said you think you didn't give the Miami dolphins enough credit and you felt better when the Buffalo Bills had an injury here, an injury there, you didn't have faith in the Miami Dolphins, Donald. You just <laughs> didn't. And I'm going to be the first one to get on your case because I've been trying to spell this out for you, even though I'm a little surprised. Yeah. I'm going to be the first <laughs> to spell this out that you got to believe in your team no matter what. Yeah. Miami Dolphins have looked excellent the first two weeks of the season and now they put in another performance with if you just looked at the stats you would say the Miami Dolphins lost this game there's no way they won this game the only stat you could have looked at and said okay maybe the Miami Dolphins did win this game was looking at the number of attempts that Josh Allen had because he blew out 50 away a couple weeks ago He's at 63. That is unheard of. And no way you're supposed to be winning that game. So, again, hats off to the Miami Dolphins. Complete victory once again. You're getting it from all phases of the football game, minus the little punt that tried to go off the backbone of somebody. You know, that could have been very costly for the Miami Dolphins. But in hindsight, it all worked out.
2: Yeah, and um, they're they're finding different ways to win, and they're finding different ways to play complementary football, and that's that's just the sign of a good team because there have been stretches of games where, at certain points, especially in the New England game, the offense wasn't already wasn't always looking great, and the defense would pick it up. Uh, in the Baltimore game, for the most part, the defense played poorly until they needed to play best most late in the game they made a couple of key stops and then Correct. you know this this time around uh listen uh, buffalo uh, as they have been all year excellent on third down that's how they keep their drives going they were 60% on third down on Sunday they were over 55% coming into this game tops in the NFL and so, um, you know, Josh Allen, he definitely had some throws he would like back, especially missing Isaiah McKenzie for an easy touchdown. Like, I couldn't believe how badly he missed that throw. But Miami's defense stepped up when they were needed most, including creating that big turnover when Buffalo was about to score. You got uh, you know the big hit from Javon Holland. And, you know, yes. it seems like every time there's a ball on the ground, Melvin Ingram, what a signing. Like, he's <laughs> always there to scoop it up. Like, he's always okay. right there to scoop it up
3: he has a horseshoe in his pocket or something like that because he's been playing outstanding football for the Miami Dolphins, bringing that pressure all over the football field. And early on when they brought him into this football team, you thought that maybe he would be a situational guy come in here or there, you know, give someone a breather. And that's not the case. Now he has shown that he is an integral part of this defense for the Miami Dolphins. You made that comment that complimentary football, the Miami Dolphins, and I've constantly been saying playmakers all over the place on both sides of the football and good players, great players make plays when the lights are shining their brightest and that or when your team needs it the most, they don't wilt in the heat. Although we gonna talk about that oh, man. The Miami Dolphins, they've been able to step up and make plays when they need it. And I love Coach McDaniel, what he said after the game, he's like, no one believed in you. Dono didn't believe in you. And look, you did it. So <laughs> put that in your pipe and smoke it.
2: And you know what? Um, I haven't, up until recently, I haven't believed in Tua. And I want to give myself credit for motivating him to play so much better because I'm giving Tua all the credit in the world. <laughs> I'm giving Tua all the credit in the world, Troy. And, thank you know, you. some thank you. You're welcome, Tua. Just throwing that out there. You're welcome for all the motivation. Um, And I love the fact that on multiple this year, fourth down situations and third and long. So you remember first game, the Dolphins had a, a fourth down and they scored a long touchdown, Tua, to Waddle. And then on Sunday against Buffalo, Dolphins are facing a third down and 22. A lot of coaches would probably just call for the draw play and just say, all right, let's see what we can do in the field position game. They go for the jugular. On third and 22, excellent call by McDaniel, excellent throw by Tua, excellent catch by Jalen Waddell, and that didn't quite get into the end zone, but it set up. I think it was a three-yard Chase Edmonds touchdown that he scored on, and that gave the Dolphins at that time the 21-17 lead. And Troy, it's crazy. I know it's early in the season, of course, but that was the first time all year. Buffalo had been trailing in a game. The 21-17 lead that the Dolphins took, Buffalo had been leading the entire way, wire to wire, in their first two games and then into the fourth quarter of this game. That was the first time Buffalo was even down in a game. And something that I loved is, because we talked about how long Buffalo had the football because they kept converting third downs. And listen, Josh Allen is, is an excellent quarterback. He's a stud. We know that. They had the ball did Buffalo for over 40 minutes. The Miami Dolphins only ran... 37 offensive plays, 37 offensive plays. Uh, Buffalo ran three times as many. And Josh Allen had more passing attempts, twice as many almost as the dolphins had plays run. And the dolphins were efficient, right? Anybody out there who's trying to say, well, I combed the stats and that's just a fluky lucky win. Cause you know, the dolphins, you know, they were outgained by like 250 yards. It was a fluky win. No, I look at it and say, The Miami Dolphins were so efficient and so deadly with the few offensive snaps that they had to be able to get that much out of 37 offensive plays. That's the sign of a quarterback who's executing. That's the sign of having dangerous wide receivers because you know even though Tyreek Hill had a quiet stat day, he affects the game in so many ways, in motion, taking attention away from the running game, and he takes a lot of pressure off of Jalen Waddell who can go out there and freaking shine because, you know, Pick your poison, right? If you want to try to take Waddle out of a play, Tyreek's going to kill you. You want to take Tyreek out of a play, which is usually what teams will do, Jalen Waddle's going to kill you. It's the sign of great coaching, great execution by your quarterback, and too many weapons for opponents to deal with.
3: I'll go back to you talking about the third and 22. Not only outstanding play call, being aggressive, not only... Great job by Tua and Waddle being on the same page. I recall them showing the replay of that game, and they showed the opposite side of the field where Tyreek Hill was in the slot. And it was his job to scare the safety, the deep safety, hold him just another step to allow that throwing lane for Tua to hit to Waddle. And so you were 100% right in that Tyreek Hill whether he's affecting the game just going in motion or just running a dummy route, he is doing a great job of affecting the defensive calls that are being made against the Miami Dolphins. And I'll have to go back the last three years or longer watching the Miami Dolphins play, and it was third down and
2: 22.
3: Mm -hmm. Every single one of us sat here talking to ourselves and said, Oh, they're not, no way they're going to pick that up. No way they're going to pick that up. Right. And now I'm not sitting here saying that I was like, oh, they're going to get this. But you're watching the game with a different attitude right now. When you watch this Miami Dolphins offense, you look at it and say, these guys, what are they going to call now? What are they getting right. ready to give us? What are we about to see happen here? And that was a huge play for the Miami Dolphins. Great job by the offensive line. Great job by Tyreek Kill. Great job by Tua, and an excellent job by Waddle as well.
2: This is an and excellent. And more. Yeah, and this is an excellent stat that Alfredo Artiaga. I'll read this uh, so the audio listeners can can hear it as well. But Alfredo puts this into our YouTube chat. Of course, Alfredo, host of uh, three yards per carry. Uh, along with Chris and Simon, he says this is efficiency because I talked about how much Miami got out of their 37 plays. This is efficiency. Miami's numbers extrapolated out to 90 plays would have been 49 points with 649 <laughs> passing yards for Tua. <laughs> now that would have been nice. If Tua had gotten 649 yesterday, yeah. he I'm would be a uh, he would be atop the MVP odds right now. I am at, I'm waiting for that game to happen.
3: I, I, I look forward to watching him perform like that.
2: Yes. You know, Troy, usually like the big publications that send out their weekly power rankings, usually wouldn't do it until after Monday night football tonight. Cause you got giants and Cowboys. So the weekly power rankings will come out tomorrow. And, let me offer a disclaimer. Uh, I realize we're talking about a three-game sample, so I'm I'm not here guaranteeing a Super Bowl or anything like that because a couple of people have already said that in the in the chat. Like uh, Tony says, hey, I know you're 3-0 and Miami, but let's just take it easy now. You can easily lose your next, what? You can easily lose your next five games and it's a different narrative. Just take it game by game and be humble. Okay, uh, that's fine. I'm not, and we're going to talk about the Cincinnati game a little bit later on, but um, you know, just based on what we've seen so far, Troy, you know, there are two three and O teams right now in the NFL. Uh, there could be a third if New York wins tonight, the Giants, but right now there's just two three and O teams, and the Dolphins are the only unbeaten team in the AFC right now. Yes. Uh, yes. you know, the three and O team in the NFC is the Eagles. The Eagles have not played as challenging of a schedule so far as the Dolphins. So, you know, when when the power rankings start coming out tomorrow. Should people have the Miami Dolphins number one in their power rankings or is that getting ahead of themselves a little bit? Because I think through three weeks, um, because the Bills were the most impressive team coming in uh, and the Dolphins just beat the Bills head to head. I'd say Miami should be right now weekly power rankings number one.
3: They definitely should be in that conversation, whether you want to give it to them or not, put them at number two, put them at number three, put them at number four. It really doesn't matter. I believe that this is a focused football team that Coach McDaniel just has them all on the same page. And that's easier to do when you are winning. Yes. No question about that. When you're losing or struggling, there's always going to be dissension somewhere on both sides of the football, in the locker room. Things are just not going to run smoothly. But the way the Miami Dolphins are locked in right now. And I will say locked in right now. Mm-hmm. You're never going to see quit out of them. Never going to see quit until they lose three in a row or four in a row. And then you'll have some guys questioning what's going on there. But the Miami Dolphins know now the recipe to for success is simple. Get the game plan. Believe in the game plan. Go out there and execute and play 60 minutes of football. You got to play from kickoff to when that whistle blows, and that's what you're seeing out of this Dolphins team. You don't you don't see plays just giving up where you say, what are they doing? Or this guy blew an assignment. It just seems like they're all on the same page. Like they have their message from their coaches, and the execution has been outstanding. But then again, it's a football team that is full of players who want to make the play. Sometimes you got to look around like, who's going to make this play? And everyone's looking around saying, who's going to make this play? And so I think the Miami Dolphins exactly on the, neck, on the right track right now.
2: Now, I'm talking to someone who, uh, firsthand experience, knows what it's like to play in the brutal South Florida heat. And that was, that was a really, really hot humid one yesterday. And you saw a lot of bills players, especially suffering from cramps. And I know that, you know, we both had some worries, just how long the dolphins defense was on the field. It's like, you know, you're not really supposed to be on the field as a defense for that many plays. How's that going to affect them? Uh, did you see, Troy, that there were some some members of the, uh, the Bills Twitter mafia? I got to say, for a fan base that throws each other through tables, I thought you guys would be this soft. Because I see the excuse making from Bills Twitter talking about, oh, it was too hot and our bench is in the sun, which, by the way, isn't really true because they're, they're, over the visiting bench, there's like a canopy and like a misting machine. So, I mean, it's, it's basically like, uh, you know, it, do, it, it's, it's like being they, in a rainforest. The Miami Dolphins, when they put that stadium together, they did their homework.
3: Sure. And even before they put the canopy up there, yeah. they looked at, you know, one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock. What direction is the sun in? And right. you can bet the Miami Dolphins, like, we're going to put the visitors in that sun all the time so that they bake. Right For all of those making excuses for the Buffalo Bills coming down here in the heat, I hope the NFL never, ever changes this rivalry of the Miami Dolphins playing in Buffalo early in the season. The Miami Dolphins should have to go up to Buffalo late in the season Mm -hmm. and weather the storm. And you make Buffalo come down here in the heat, and see if they could weather the storm. I think that's a fair exchange right there. I can recall, like, you know how I talk about fans. Fans, right? Fans look at the schedule and they go, win, win, loss, loss, win, loss, all the way
2: down. 17-0, As- by the way. I've, I've revised my prediction. <laughs>
3: no, As a player, the day the schedule came out, all we did, look at the schedule and say, When are we going to Buffalo? And all the time, it was at the end of November. It was in December. And you knew, hey, you got to go play in that cold weather. So no matter what you do, you have to go. So you just put it into an approach of, it's three hours, guys. Three hours in this cold weather. Then we get back on the plane, and we go back to Balmy, South Florida. And as long as we win, you won't even feel the cold.
2: Well, and let me ask you, Troy, because, you know, you, you had to play in cold weather games as a visitor. You had to play in the sweltering heat. Like, what's hard? Is it harder to play through, like, 95 degrees, yes. 100% heat? So, so that's harder than the cold for you.
3: In, in my opinion, hmm. playing, playing in the cold is, is simple. It's not easy to do, but to think it through is simple. Because in the cold, as long as you keep your fingers, your fingertips and fingers warm, and your toes warm you don't feel the rest of it so you just those are the elements your hands and your feet you have to keep warm no matter what you have to do and there are all kinds of theories out there from wearing plastic bags over your your ankles and taping oh. them all kinds of remedies out there do you know what somebody told toe? me
2: uh, speaking of remedies i can remember having this conversation with randall thrill hill And he told me like he would actually he would like put Vaseline like on his skin before so so is that a known remedy? You've done that before.
3: Absolutely. It's like a a barrier. So the wind is just not like cutting through you. So you put but you had to be careful about that because you got Vaseline onto your hands or your gloves, if you wore gloves, now you're talking about you're not gonna be effective catching the ball, but everyone doesn't have to catch the ball or handle the ball so a lot of the big guys did that I, I think last year there was a, a, a saying when it comes to Tom Brady he wore a scuba suit under his uniform that was out there I don't know how true that is but guys try all kinds of things to you know beat the heat and to beat the cold at this
2: you know, somebody in the chat pointed out that that amazing clip of uh, Ken Dorsey, who's the offensive coordinator in Buffalo, just losing his shit after they couldn't get that final playoff. And he's like throwing the – to which, I, by the way, I, I can totally relate. Like if I were the offensive coordinator and, you know, we couldn't get the ball snapped before time expired, I would, I would probably react the same way. Like it was funny though, and I love Dorsey. I hate to see Ken upset, even though it meant – My Dolphins beat his Bills. But let's talk about what led to that Dorsey meltdown. Um, So, obviously, you know, the the Dolphins were able to break up a couple of plays that took precious seconds off the clock to make it harder for the Bills to get the ball down the field in time. But that final play, or at least what preceded, you know, trying to get that final snap off, should, uh, I mean, I guess clearly he should have, but what should Isaiah McKenzie, who caught that pass, have done immediately out of bounds, right?
3: Now we got to go back to last week, Mm -hmm. and I forgot who it was, but talking about Tua in the huddle before they broke the huddle because he was cool and calm, and he was giving instructions to everyone in the huddle, mainly his wide receivers. Listen, if you catch this, you get tackled, you take that ball and you give it to the referee right away. Like, don't go slamming it down, don't go spinning it. Give it to the referee so he can set the ball because you're talking the difference between two or three seconds at that point in the game, and you could get a snap off. So he should have caught that pass. He should have declared himself down. Mm. Once he saw that, he really didn't have running room. And I don't know if that was discussed in the huddle or not. should have been. But I'm going to sit here and say, no, it wasn't. And then you take your chances with a longer field goal. But that was the best option that you had if you were Buffalo in that situation. I believe that was the second game this weekend where a team was trying to snap the ball and the time ran out on them. Yeah. So every second is very precious in the football game, especially in the fourth quarter in a situation like that. So the Miami Dolphins, they did a good job. They took the angle away. I forgot which cornerback it was. He took the angle, the sideline away right. and forced the running back back up the field and now you get a bunch of hats around him, and they talked about that in the, and leading up to the game last week. Like, we want hats flying to the ball, flying to the ball, and that's exactly what happened. And so they were the beneficiary to that clock just ticking and ticking and ticking. So, yeah, Miami Dolphins did an outstanding job.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Um, now, now, what was going through your mind? Because, uh, you know, the the Dolphins – had that offensive possession deep in their own territory uh, yes. that ultimately led to the safety where Buffalo thankfully Buffalo had used their timeouts on defense to try to get the ball back. So they didn't have any timeouts to use on offense, which ultimately was decisive in the way that the game played out. Um, Cause I know this is one of those things where you question the result, but before the butt punt, right? Right. Yeah. Cause obviously that was uh-huh. an execution thing. But the play prior to that, you know, the ball's inside Miami's own one-yard line. So they're playing from the shadow of their end zone. Should they have just tried their luck with a quarterback sneak to keep the clock running? Because they threw a pass. Now, if Tua had completed that and they'd gotten a first down, uh, it was Mostert, then game over, right? But since the play was incomplete... That was the second worst outcome. The worst outcome would have been a turnover, obviously. But an incomplete pass because right. it stops the clock It's the second worst outcome. Do you think they should have just quarterback sneaked it and milked more out of the clock? They could have played
3: it that way. But if they had played it that way, and let's say it was just a completely different result or they got stuck for safety at that point, whatever. Right. That would have been contrary to us sitting here giving praise to Mike McDaniel for being aggressive in other situations in the ballgame. Your makeup tells you to do certain things, and he felt at that moment, and it looks like he had a wide receiver open that he could have hit. It just didn't go down right, but he's been a little bit aggressive here for the Miami Dolphins, showing confidence in them, showing faith in them, and even though it did not work out, or it did work out, even yeah. though it didn't go the way they planned it. That too will go with the football team the next couple of weeks. If they if they find themselves in that situation once again, they can know what to expect. It'll be interesting to see if he plays it differently once they find themselves in that situation again.
2: Yeah, and it was just something I'm curious about because, listen, I'm I'm not going to sit here and question Mike McDaniel because everything he's done has, for the most part, worked, and he's and he's three and zero. Now l- l- let's talk about uh, let's talk about that safety though. Everyone's calling it the butt punt. Uh, now I am a firm believer, Troy, in that you make your own luck and that good teams will find a way to win games. Okay. With that said, the dolphins got a little lucky on that play because oh, that yeah. ball that ball could have bounced anywhere. Like it could have bounced right into the arms of a bill for a touchdown. Like we, we got we got lucky that that one bounced. The game would have been maybe, over. Yeah.
3: It, it probably would have been over if it had happened that way, where Buffalo fell on that thing in the end zone for an easy touchdown. And then the Miami Dolphins would have been up the against the clock, and Tua would have had to drive them all the way down the field. So Yeah, the Miami Dolphins, they got the lucky bounce on that one. You know, they say the football is shaped the way it is. It bounces all kinds of ways. Miami Dolphins definitely got the benefit of the the bounce on that one.
2: Now, I was watching the uh, the TV uh, telecast on CBS, and Trent Green, uh, Miami Dolphins legend, Trent Green Green was doing uh, color commentary. And even before the Dolphins tried that punt, Trent was saying that maybe they should just purposely – concede a safety oh um
3: yes yes
2: did you feel that way
3: i thought they were going to play the safety as well yeah and then kick it out of the end zone and make buffalo travel further distance so i thought that was definitely an option to play right there so i was a little surprised i was a little bit surprised because i thought they were going to take the safety i really did
2: this is the story of the
3: one
2: Um. Let, let me see. This is a. Uh, this is an interesting question. Now we saw. And and by the way, we're gonna get into the whole dynamic of Tua. Was it a head injury? Was it a back injury? Is he for sure gonna play this Thursday? I think there are a lot of questions worth asking here. But so we did see Tua left the game for two plays uh, before halftime. Um, Teddy Bridgewater went 0 for 2. Wasn't really a good look uh, for Teddy. Paul Walker wants to know do you think Skylar Thompson will be active Thursday since Teddy isn't too good right now I'm honestly Troy I'm leaning to probably not because I think it comes down to dollars and cents they're paying Teddy Bridgewater a lot of money to be the backup quarterback and Skylar Thompson is you know on a uh, an undrafted uh, rookie sa- or a 7th round pick rookie salary so I'm I'm thinking that yeah they'll probably stick with Teddy as the backup
3: Well I think it really depends on the health of Tua. If Tua really is suffering some discomfort, and we kind of talked about this pre-show, with the adrenaline that you're feeling inside a football game, you could play through injuries. But once that all dies down and you go home, and you know all the soreness of sets in, the next day you may not feel good, and the next day you might not feel any better. But because they're in such great shape, they do start to feel better, although this is a short week for the Miami Dolphins. Yep. They start to feel better closer to the game time, plus they go out there and they run that soreness out. So, like, you know, for all you guys that go to the gym and you get sore because you had not worked out in a long time, you still have to keep your body moving as opposed to just keeping it still so that, you know, your muscles can loosen up as opposed to tightening up. When it comes to everything that happened with two in this game, because the Miami Dolphins, it was not their decision to play him. The NFL has taken control of that, and they have safety checks in place. I don't believe that he had a concussion. Now, when I saw him get up and I saw him stumble and have no balance, first thing I said was, oh, he's done. Right, He has a concussion. He's concussed, and there's no way he's going to be able to play again. And being around so many guys who have been concussed in games, they don't recover that quickly. So for him to come out in the second half, play the way he he did, control the offense, know the offense, for him to work seamlessly throughout the rest of the game I'm leaning towards he did not have a concussion. He may have just gotten dinged. There is a difference. Guys get dinged all the time, all the time. There there are times I would get dinged on a play, and it was like cartoons. I don't know if they've had this in cartoons anymore. You see like the, the stars that would go around someone's head? Well, what would happen to me is I would get these flashing mercury lights that you couldn't focus on. They would come and go quickly. they just come and go. And you're sitting there trying to shake it off, shake it sure, off. Are you sure you didn't have concussions? <laughs> those are minor concussions. They okay. call those minor concussions. Okay. But it's not, you know, the major thing where you have to sit out for a week or two. Right, right, right. It's it's a minor ding. And yeah. I think that too was dinged on that play because when that would happen to me, I would still make it to the huddle and get the next play as soon as we broke the huddle for whatever reason I was clear again and I was ready to go so I never found myself playing a second or a third play while still being woozy woozy it just would go away so that's just a minor thing the way I describe it.
2: awesome and, and I want to talk a little bit more about Tua's situation and the protocol and I know somebody said it in the chat and I, I agree uh, I think the evidence is coming in to support this that it was, in fact, a back injury, not a head injury. We'll talk a little bit more about that, but I want to talk about prize picks and I want to take a look at some of these over unders. Okay, and you you guys know that Troy and I we love this. Okay, and I know I, I know man. what cost you this week. Oh, I'm you, you willing, do.
3: I'm willing to bet that what cost you cost me.
2: I mean, I, I had uh, I had Tyreek Hill and Tua uh, overs. <laughs> there it is. That's it Tyreek right there. Cost
3: me as well. You know, I had Stephon have place. Diggs, I had Diggs, I had Waddle, and I had Hill. And oh, Hill was the one that didn't come third.
2: Oh, oh, man. Yeah. Guys, it's so easy to sign up. You hear people talking about Prize Picks. Uh, you've probably seen the billboards. You've heard us talk about it on Five Reasons. If you haven't tried it by now, I don't know what you're waiting for. But the good news is it's never too late to sign up. If you sign up at PrizePicks.com or on the Price Picks mobile app, use our code five F I V E spell it out. They're going to ask you, Hey, do you have a promo code? You do F I V E. And they're going to match your first deposit hundred percent up to a hundred dollars. If you deposit a hundred dollars today with our code five, they're going to double your deposit. So when you sign up, just make sure you don't forget the code because you're costing yourself free money. Okay. So don't forget to put in our code five F I V E. And the way that it works, um, I don't have a lot of time for nonsense, okay? And I love the fact that prize picks makes it so fast and so easy. You just, like like Troy described it, you just make a few selections. You select two, three, four, or five players and predict if they go over or under, under their fantasy projections or stat projections, and you win real money, like 20 times your money up to. It's so easy. So uh, let's, let's look at the quarterback matchup, uh, Troy, real quick for Monday Night Football tonight. Uh, yeah, you got give the me da- something. Give me something. So you got the Dallas oh. Cowboys uh who are 1 and 1 against the New York Giants at 2 and 0. Oh. Cooper Rush, the backup for the Cowboys, over under 207 and a half passing yards versus Danny Dimes with New York, just 196 and a half over under. Uh man, I I'm having a hard time with this one because it's like Cooper Rush looked pretty good last week, but I mean, do, do I really believe in this guy long term? I don't know what to do here. I'm going to go under, over. Rush, so under Cooper, under. over Danny Dimes?
3: Yes. That's the way I look at it. When you're not a main starter in the league, you could be counted on, especially like one game. When you have to start playing two in the third game and possibly a fourth game, your weaknesses are exposed. Right. The only way I could describe it in a sport where it's kind of clear, like in basketball, you could be an outstanding guard in high school and on a college level. Once you get to the NBA, the NBA takes away your strengths, what you could do well. If you always go to the right, the NBA is going to take that away. If you can't adjust and go to your left, you're just not going to make it. So when it comes to Rush, okay, we got him on film for the first time. Forget about what he did in the preseason.
1: Mm-hmm, they got him on mm-hmm. film
3: last week playing a game, which he played pretty well. Unknown, that's like that picture that they just brought up from the minors, and he pitches a game and he goes out there and he throws four or five strong innings because batters are not accustomed to him. But once they get to look at him and see what he has, they eventually zero in on it. So I don't think that Russ plays a good game tonight against the Giants.
2: Okay, uh, so now uh, l- let's look at the game that we all we all really care about this Thursday night. Um, this is absolutely a, a lot of some of this is going to depend on Tua's health, of course. But Dolphins going into Cincinnati, this is a winnable game for the Dolphins. It's hard though going on a short week on the road. Like that's a just that is a big advantage for Cincinnati on a short week not to have to travel. Um so I'm looking at at Tua's over under on passing yards for this week Troy and I'm I'm hoping that the Dolphins offense gets more than 37 plays in this week, right? I hope um, so, you know, cuz cuz Tua Tua only had very efficient only 186 passing yards so he he played Great, just not like from a, a fantasy or over-under standpoint. His over-under for this week in Cincinnati, assuming he plays, of course, and I think he will is 260 and a half passing yards. So obviously 60? 260, 260 and a half. Now, I'm assuming if the offense is out there for like 60 plus plays, I think he's gonna go over. Uh so I'm 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 leaning towards that.
3: I don't know. I got I got I don't I gotta think about that one. 260. I'm trying to figure out how this game is going to like pan out. I mm-hmm. really believe that the Miami Dolphins are going to bring more heat than we've seen already because they were all over Josh Allen. Right. They were bringing a sink to get that young man down, but he's such a beast. He may play after play after play. The offensive mm-hmm. line for the Cincinnati Bengals is kind of in shambles. They're not that great, and I think that the Miami Dolphins are going to pound them And so you flip that on to the other side, and I sit there and say, maybe the Miami Dolphins won't have to throw the ball a lot in this game. Now, when they do, I anticipate that they're going to hit big plays in the game at some point because, again, quote, unquote, Troy, they got too much talent, right? right? They got a lot of talent on the football field. So I don't think that 260 scares me. (laughs) <laughs> 260 me. He might end up around 240, 250. But that last pass that he completes might be called back or overruled or something like that by interference.
2: That would be just <laughs> and, my and luck, coffee. by the way.
3: Yeah, th- that would be your luck, yes.
2: <laughs> okay, so if you if you're concerned about uh 260 for Tua For Joe Burrow, on the other side, it's 265 and a half is the over-under. He threw for 275 against the Jets uh, yesterday for what that's worth. And he is averaging 270 passing yards per game so far this year. So obviously they take that into account when they come up with this number. Uh, Do you like over or under 265 for Joe Burrow? You
3: know, I have to give an explanation about everything. Mm -hmm. So you mean to tell me? That the gap has closed that much so far,
2: Joe Burrow. Two seventy. Uh, he's what? Well, his yeah, his, his actually his over under is two sixty five, but I'm telling you, he averages two seventy per But it's a okay. five yard gap. It's a five yard so gap between the two.
3: Five yard gap between Joe Burrow, Mr. Guy, took his team to the Super Bowl. The Miami Dolphins should have drafted him before they drafted Tua. Joe Burrow – oh, they couldn't.
2: They couldn't, yeah. Joe
3: Burrow is only five yards better projection-wise than Tua. I don't know, Donald. What's going on here? I'm looking for <laughs> those like like the, Tua is leaving everybody saying.
2: in the dust. You, you see how much the Chargers are struggling. I mean, Justin Herbert's one and two. Burroughs, yeah. Bengals, not looking that great. Tua, It's Tua and Jalen Hurts are the guys at top of the league right now. I'm going to go under because I think that defense is going to be on all of
3: them. Yeah, the only I thing agree. that scares me, is the, scares me is that I feel like the Cincinnati Bengals are going to have to throw the ball more and more, and they have a lot of talent the wide receiver position as well. Those guys can make some plays, but I'm banking on the Miami Dolphins defense to put him on, on under.
2: It's well said. So guys, make sure you sign up at prizepicks.com or even better. The mobile app is awesome. It takes like, you know, 30 seconds to download the mobile app and sign up and use our code five F I V E to match your first deposit 100% up to a hundred dollars. So if you deposit a hundred bucks, they're going to give you a hundred extra dollars free right there to play with. So good prize picks truly is daily fantasy simplified. So, um, you know, I know not only are the crying bills fans, complaining it was too hot like it was unfair working environment so some some woman in bill's mafia actually filed an osha complaint about like improper oh my working goodness, kit. Are you, are i mean you soft so soft that they're, they're filing osha complaints and then like the other thing people are complaining about is there's this like big conspiracy that you know the Tua never should have been allowed back into the game that people like oh they're trying to hide a concussion now they're calling it a back injury like troy honestly for as much as I love a good conspiracy, I, I have got to assume that the Dolphins were above board on this one. I mean, for Mike McDaniel, I was listening to his presser today, and, and he talked a lot about it. Um, and, you know, I, I get the sense he genuinely takes player health very seriously. That's one thing. And then the other thing as Coach McDaniel reminded us, and this is true because I've, I've studied this protocol and I've verified this. When you go through concussion protocol – during a game or practice wherever there is independent an independent neurologist who looks at it which is important because it's it's not a cuz if it's a team doctor if it's someone that is employed by the team then you could say they have pressure to you know get a player back out there to benefit the team that's their employer that pays their salary but no you had an independent neurologist who's someone not paid by the Miami Dolphins and presumably not being influenced to give the Dolphins the best chance to win the game. And this is also, you're talking about a doctor whose reputation and license is on the line here. Yeah. Who, who determined didn't suffer a concussion. He can get back into the game. So like, to me, it's case closed. Now, the reason why they're apparently launching an investigation into this, it's optics, Troy. Like, it's uh, like you have to, okay? When you had something that public and everyone who was watching the game on TV, like you and I did in the moment, yeah, we presumed that looks like a head injury. Like just the way he reacted and then hearing the, you know, Kevin Harlan and Trent Green on the broadcast talk about it, it was a head Like you assume that's a head injury. So we're we're looking at it through that prism. Like we're approaching it like it's a head injury and that's the way people perceived it. So yes, of course, the NFLPA, has to go through the motions the dog and pony show of investigating it for optics because you're talking about an nfl that has been you know sued for however many millions of dollars for concussions and the optics of it and everything so they're yeah they're going to do a review and an investigation but i'm very confident they're not going to find any foul play there i'm sure the dolphins and that independent neurologist did this by the book
3: i'm on the same page as you um It's out of the Miami Dolphins' hands. Independent guys sat there and put him through the checks and balances. He clearly had to pass the test, answer the questions. I mean, when you have a concussion, you can't answer the dumbest question. Right. I'm talking dumb, like where are you? I'm at my sister's birthday party. I got that once like a a teammate, on the sideline, and they go, where are you? I'm at my niece's birthday party. Like, time out, he's out, he's done, he can not play anymore. It's the simplest questions. What day is it? They Mm. can't answer Sunday. When you start going through checks and balances like that, and it looked like because they took him immediately off the field because that's another one of the processes that they have to follow and go through. Even though he was still being helped by AIDS to walk, he didn't stumble after that. Like, he just kind of calmly walked in the rest of the way. And so I think that, he again, I think he just got dinged. I don't know if it was the back or not, but I don't think he was concussed. I really don't.
2: Yeah. And so, um, you know, we just have to wonder, and Troy talked about it a little bit, how the soreness comes into play. Um, if he does have a back issue, you know, Mike McDaniel was kind of asked, like, can you guarantee Tua is going to play Thursday? I'm expecting Tua to play Thursday, but obviously McDaniel, he said it like I- I've never coached Tua before from a Sunday to a Thursday. So like basically saying, I don't know how his body is going to heal up or how his soreness will experience him. But I, I think we can all assume that Tongo Bailoa is probably – going to play this Thursday night and it's been it's been a great ride so far to see the Dolphins win these games the way that they have won them Uh, what are you expecting to happen Thursday night Troy because I I do I think the Dolphins are the better football team right now but I mean how difficult do you think it is like they they didn't they didn't really have this outside of Thanksgiving games when you played but to have that quick turnaround from Sunday to Thursday and going on the road I think that's the most challenging part about this game
3: we were talking like about Buffalo coming down to Miami, right? After playing Monday night, you just miss one practice. And so you have to combine things in. You got to run that soreness out the very next day. And then you got to come in and you review the film. Usually on short weeks, a lot of coaches say, hey, we're not going to watch that film. We we need to turn the page and keep it moving to next week because Think about it. If Buffalo sat here and tried to review that film, they'll be there for three days running 90 plays. You know, the defense, they'll they'll be in the meeting for like 20 minutes. Only 30 whatever plays that the Miami Dolphins ran. So this might be one of those things where, depending on how Cincinnati played, they may not even watch their film. They may make some subtle changes here or there, but... There were already scouts working on the game plan before the game took place Sunday for Cincinnati. So they'll be in order. It may not be as elaborate as a normal seven-day week. So Cincinnati, they'll be ready, but you can bet the Miami Dolphins are going to be ready as well. When it comes to the Miami Dolphins side of of the football, both offensively and defensively, I think it's starting to get into – Best thing that could happen on a football team a challenge, a competition. Hey, let's make a bet here. You know, I'll bet you three mm-hmm. apples, two oranges, whatever it is, we're going to make more plays than you guys are going to make. And to have that healthy, healthy conversation or a competition on a football team, on a team that's playing well, again, that goes back to all right, who's going to make a play? I'm making the play, I'm making the next play. Okay. You sure you're going to do it now? I'll Give it to me. Give it to me. And I think something healthy is taking place with the Miami Dolphins. Approach. Playing the game. So I anticipate them getting off to a fast start. So I'm hoping that Cincinnati gets the ball first. I hope Dolphins win the toss. They give the ball to Cincinnati. And they put that defense on them right from the start and let him know we're coming. We're,
2: mm-hmm. we're coming every
3: down at you. You guys better be ready. You got to prove that you could block us, that you could handle what we're throwing at you. So I think to start this thing is going to be a defensive game for the Miami Dolphins.
2: I like it. And you know, as far as uh far as the awesome game on Sunday goes, um, I my defensive MVP for that game was Javon Holland. I mean, he's so disruptive. Eleven, eleven tackles, had a sack and a half, including the strip sack, which was just a huge takeaway. Huge. Given where Buffalo was on the field about the score, I mean that was just a gig. They don't win the game if if not for that. Um, you know, just a, a gigantic moment and a gigantic play in that game. Uh, and I thought, you know, obviously uh, you didn't have a big sample size on the offense. I still think you had a couple players to choose from, but I, I guess I go to Jalen Waddle because that was the guy. And Tua, Tua was great, obviously, in limited opportunities, but Waddle was the guy who put up basically a full game's worth of stats in just limited offensive yeah. snaps and four catches for 101 yards, including that huge catch on third and 22.
3: I, I don't know what he's buying Tyreek Hill for the holidays, but it'd be, it better be something special. <laughs> he could thank him or he cannot thank him enough after playing last year and posting the numbers that he posted yeah. by himself pretty much. Yeah. Now he's like, Oh man, no one's around me. Thanks, Tyree. Thank you. I mean, he opens up everything for this offense, and I just hope that the Miami Dolphins could get a little bit of their running game going. It was productive when it needed to be against the Buffalo Bills, but if Tua does have a back injury that has him a little uncomfortable, it would be nice that the Miami Dolphins could turn and hand that ball off a little bit. And you don't have to rely on him connecting on pass after pass after pass.
2: Yeah. It was nice to see uh, chase Edmonds scored two touchdowns. So he was able to to cash in inside the five yard line, which is obviously important because, you know, touchdowns are better than field goals, but you know, really in in the, between the twenties, the dolphins didn't really run the football very well. There's 41 team rushing yards this past week. And that's definitely been something that needs to pick up. Thankfully, The passing game has made up for a lot of that, and the defense has made up for a lot of that with some timely stops. But, yeah, we would like to see the running game getting more involved. And, and of course, you are the expert in that department, Troy. So how do we get that going?
3: Oh, that's up front. You know, (laughs) I'm not saying that they're doing a bad job, but mentality of defenses until they get the point against the Miami Dolphins is we're shutting down the run. We're going to make them beat us via the pass. Right. Until that thinking changes a little bit, <laughs> Miami Dolphins continue to do what they want to do, that passion game will start to open up the running game. So it's like, you know, six over here, half a dozen over here. That running game is going to come to light because of how well the passion game is.
2: By the way, uh, I want to send a huge thank you to everyone who's joined us in the live chat. Also, keep in mind, if you're watching this on YouTube – you can also listen to the audio feed uh, Alfredo and the guys at three yards per carry have been nice enough because this show is an extension of three yards per carry. They yes. have been nice enough to host us on their audio platform as well. So if you're watching this on video, Thanks, keep in mind, yeah, and hu- it's, huge joy. it's huge, Troy. It's huge because as much as I love watching videos, I also love listening to podcasts in the car. Right? right. And so, you know, you're stuck in traffic like you're you're on like the five ninety five or the eight thirty six. You're like, damn, you want to be able to listen to, to some Dolphins content. Uh, it's awesome to be able to access us in the car as well. Troy Stratford, huge thank you to you as always. Um, and by the way, uh, we didn't talk about our college teams, but that, that was a tough, tough weekend. We don't, hey, hey, we don't need to. <laughs>
4: <laughs> we don't need to
2: <laughs> all right let, let, let's skip that because we're we're both we're both down pretty bad when it comes to yes. miami and boston yes. college so yes. we will talk to everybody next week on another episode of the extra yard here on the <laughs> five reasons sports network see ya you got it